Are you passionate about resolving conflicts and making positive impact in the world? Then USD's Conflict Management and Resolution Master's program may be for you. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Croc School's dedicated community, fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. My mom says my neighborhood school isn't good enough. How am I supposed to know my kids are getting the best education possible? Welcome to Good Schools for All, a podcast from the investigative news organization Voice of San Diego and the Education Synergy Alliance. We cut through the jargon and polarized debate to get you the news and ideas that matter. Good schools are at the heart of our democracy and economy, and we're about good schools for all kids. We hope you'll learn and maybe teach us something. It should be an excellent school in every community. Enjoy the show. Yeah, my name is Scott Lewis. I'm from The Voice of San Diego, and I'm here with my friend. Hello. Hello. Laura Cohn from the Education Synergy Alliance. You uh, held it together last week without me? <laughs> I did. We tackled a really thorny topic. Yeah, you did. School to Prison Pipeline. Yeah, you did. I was listening to that. Um, yeah, congrats for tackling it. Did you figure it out? Didn't figure it out, no. But, you know, the, part of what we're doing with the podcast is just raising up the issues, raising up the different points of view on things. So I had never we heard about that. it before just two years ago, maybe, and the concept of, you know, you never think of like suspending somebody as the, you're leaving, you're, you're keeping them out of school <laughs> like, yeah. and, and that's going to hurt their education. And that might have long-term consequences for the entire society. If, uh, if they turn out to, you know, be bad or, or, you know, behave poorly and, and get involved in the, in the system in a way that it costs everybody. It absolutely does. And we're criminalizing students in other ways, too, by putting police in our schools and um, truancy gets treated as a criminal issue also. We're, we're, we're complicit. That's the worst type of pipeline, right, that you put them on, like the idea of, of you know, suspending them, getting involved in the, in the criminal justice system, all that stuff. What we're going to talk about today is, is maybe a more positive uh, pipeline where you get them involved in, in picturing what they can do with their education long-term with careers and things like that. But of course, I have a story first. Okay, what's the uh, so story? So last Share week, I was, I was out on vacation. Yeah. And uh, it was a family vacation. So I was, you know, visiting family a lot. And so there's, you know, an element of not relaxing with that, right? Yes. But we did take a, a detour. So my, most of my wife's family's in, in Utah. And so we're driving through Utah and we, we had this uh, thing at, in Beaver, Utah. Okay, it's a great little town. I'm trying to be there in Beaver, Utah, with Beaver, you. Okay. Beaver Taco is the is the is the main restaurant right there. Okay, uh, and um, so we took a detour from Beaver though uh, on the way to another place to Bryce Canyon National Park. Have you been Beautiful, there? Beautiful, yes, oh, incredible, it's gorgeous. My favorite moment was when a, a roadrunner ran across the road in front of my car really? as I was driving into Bryce Canyon. Oh. I loved it. So, um, so yeah. If if you've never been there, it's it's just it's just mind-bogglingly beautiful. I mean, it's just incredible view. And we happened to show up the day it was like seventy-two and overcast. It was perfect. Mm. And so we we hike all the way down the canyon because it's it's these slot canyons, right? These tiny canyons that are huge but just really thin and just beautiful. And so we hike down with the kids, and they make it all the way down to the bottom of the canyon, and we start the way up, right? Mm-hmm. And my daughter, we were wondering if she's going to be able to make this. It's almost a two-mile hike, right? It's like, you know, 
straight up and I'm, it's like, she's three. She's, she already makes me carry her all the time around. You know, she has that way of looking and she was, she was flagging. She's like, I, I, I can't do this. I can't walk anymore. And I, and I pulled an amazing dad move. Oh, let's hear it. I, uh, I went and found her a walking stick, mm-hmm. a perfect size little stick that she could carry to walk with. And she used it the whole way up. She walked the whole way up. Yes. I just, I thought it was the greatest thing I've ever done. Might be the greatest thing I've ever done. It's better than what I use. I use candy bribes to get my kids <laughs> to keep hiking. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I may or may not do that sort of thing too. Uh, but point is, is like you change their their point of reference, right? Like, you know, yeah. they, it kind of shifts their thinking from like, well, I'm just walking to now I, I'm, I'm walking with, I got a stick. And it just somehow changes their perspective. And I think... Uh, I think in many ways, that's what we're talking about today, right? We're talking about making sure that kids, you know, maybe stop thinking about algebra and start thinking about like what types of things, you know, their math skills or whatever could do yeah, and, and what kind of uh, careers uh, are involved with that. So I remember we talked to Joe Austin, the head of Hoover High School in San Diego, and he talked about the, the four or five uh, career pathways they set in motion there. Mm-hmm. And, and then we did a little follow-up piece about how how few women, in fact, were participating in one of those, uh, which was the the informational tech and the tech uh, uh, track that they have there. And they're tracking kids to make sure that, you know, that not all kids are required to go into these different career pathways, uh, but, they, but they're offered to. And, and now they track each kid to see if which ones they're involved in and maybe invite them to be, be involved if they're not. Uh, but that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about career pathways today, yeah. So is it pretty prevalent around? How many, I mean, are we seeing it pop up in most high schools? It's gaining in prevalence, which is why I thought we should address it today because uh, most people who are outside of the education field and don't have kids who are high school age might not know that this is a new uh, frontier in education. So um, just with longer perspective, the high school problem has been something that the education sector has been trying to grapple with for a long time. I mean, think about Gates Foundation. We've addressed this in a couple of our podcasts decided that small was better. So they were breaking up high schools into small learning communities, sometimes resembling career pathways, but mainly their focus was on size. And I can say our focus was on size because I was there during some of this. Um, And we figured out that size wasn't the only factor that mattered. Now, size as far as school size or class size? It was school size. And, And the other thing I'll just say is that the foundation really believed so strongly in this pure small school thing that it it made it really expensive because they were insisting on um, a principal for every one of these small schools and school districts just couldn't sustain it. And San Diego has been grappling with that at San Diego High and Kearney um, um, and other places since they did that experiment with the Gates Foundation. So career pathways are... Um, not standalone schools in most cases, although they can be, but they're within a regular high school context, an option that a a child or sorry, a young person can pick where they're doing career themed coursework, both a career and technical education course, but also the career theme shows up in the regular academic courses so that they have more of a coherent and integrated experience. And it um, creates an imperative to connect with um, the outside world. So to do job shadows and internships. And generally the data is really positive for these. The graduation rates for well-implemented career pathways um, are higher than for um, students traveling the regular trajectory. Now, how is this different from what we might've called like vocational ed, um, you know, a couple decades ago? So um, quite different. Vocational ed, 
a couple of reasons. One is vocational ed tends to be um, isolated to one occupation, so or a narrow set of occupations like culinary arts. So you learn to be a sous chef or a chef, um, food preparation, etc. And and so those are the jobs you're oriented towards. Um, whereas career pathways generally not always have a larger theme that is less restrictive and actually includes lots and lots of different occupations. The other difference is that voc ed of old was isolated. So the voc ed teachers were in a different wing of the school. They never talked to or interacted. I'm I'm overgeneralizing because some of the best ones did and some of the best schools overcame this, but they tended to just operate on their own. So the students who took those courses, who tended to be the non-college bound students, um, had, had just experiences over there that may or may not have grabbed their passion or their purpose and it had nothing to do with the rest of their schooling so they might have you know oftentimes they're doing extremely poorly in their academic classes might be doing well in voc ed but take it all together and they're not having a successful high school experience so it's not, it's not necessarily like if you go into the tech program or the um you know whatever program in these different areas it's not that you're going to work in that area it's more of just like exposing them to like what the world might be like in that area and why the projects you're doing might relate to bigger purposes in society. And I, and I find that some of the most interesting and successful, or I don't know if they're successful kind of data, but some of the most interesting programs out there are, are efforts simply just to expose kids and students to the world, right? The, yes. the Aaron Price Fellows, for example, uh, Price Charities puts together, uh, and full disclosure, Price Charities supports Voice San Diego, I'm, I'm just, I think Education Synergy Alliance. Or, <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they... Um, they run a uh, program called the Aaron Prize Fellows, and it's like thirty, uh, you know, yeah. uh, students of various ages. Todd Gloria, the city councilman, went through that program. Uh, a lot of people. We have a, an intern, or a, a fellow um, Rachel Evans, who went through that program. And what it does, it just takes them around the city and exposes them to different things. You know how the stadiums work, how. Um, the city council works, how media works, how they used to go to the printing plant at the UT before that got shipped to LA. <laughs> yeah. And I've worked with them a lot lately. And, and what we've been trying to do is manage debates. So what I did with them recently is talk to them about the proposed stadium downtown. And, and you know, they ended up debating um, in different groups, you know, whether that was a good idea, land use and financial implications, all that stuff. Awesome. And I find that like, that that is that really fires them up that they like to see how the world works and 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 it seems like there's a lot of space to to simply expose them to to these actual things that are that are you know these institutions and functions that we have right is that part of what was what's going on here it's tons of yes it's really at the heart of what's going on i also want to point listeners back to our um second podcast on most likely to succeed because that was really the heart of what that uh what um greg greg whiteley um got at with his documentary is that when we make learning applied and connected to the real world, kids are inspired, engaged, and motivated. And you can do that through high-tech high. You can do that through career pathway. You can do that through um, outside-of-school opportunities like um, Price Fellows. But do it because, um, you know, kids who are turned on and engaged are going to be kids who learn more and are more motivated for their future. Well, let's uh, bring in uh, on that idea our number of the week. Thank you. 
Our number of the week this week uh, gets at what uh, students today need to think about in terms of being competitive in the future job market. And um, Georgetown University released a study, now it's a couple of years ago, but their estimate is that 63% of all jobs in a in, by 2018 will require some kind of degree or certificate beyond high school. The, the number's a little lower for California for reasons I don't totally understand. It's 57% for California. But the point is that... Um, graduating from high school is not the deadline. We All students need to be thinking beyond high school. It doesn't have to be a four-year BA. It can be a two-year associate's degree. It can be a certificate. It can be an apprenticeship. But if you want to be um, a competitive participant in tomorrow's job market, not just today's, then you need to be thinking about something beyond just high school. Mm-hmm. And what is working? For what's working, I want to highlight um, a transformation that's happening at Claremont High School, which through support of the Moxie Foundation and San Diego Unified has transformed itself um, into a new approach where they're, they've got what's called wall-to-wall pathways. So every student moving forward at Claremont is going to pick into um, one of four or five career pathways. They've had for quite a while a really successful business um, pathway, very well supported, and um, a lot of a lot of uh, high CEOs from around town have participated in that over time, given internships or given guidance to the business pathway. So they're blowing that out, creating an engineering pathway, a health pathway, and I think a digital and media arts pathway. I mean, I have those exactly right, but um, something along those lines. They redid a whole bunch of classrooms in order to make sure that the career-based learning kids needed to do for those pathways was supported by the um the like equipment and materials that they had available to them. And so I think starting um, this past year, all freshmen were electing into a pathway. And that idea of going wall to wall in a school, so career pathways can be implemented as a subset of a regular school approach, or you can have a school like Kearney High, San Diego High, um, and now Claremont, where or and Del Lago Academy is another example up in Escondido, where um, all students in that school are part of one pathway or another. I guess, uh, and we talk about this with our interview, by the way, it's Rob Atterbury. He's the director of uh, Connect Ed in in the region, and that, that's focused on creating those kind of linked uh, opportunities, right? Those linking high schools to colleges and, and colleges to jobs and high schools to jobs and, and, and industry. And uh, I asked him about that, but I wanted to get your thoughts, too, because we didn't have uh, much time to talk about that with him. But, you know, the, the, a lot of the concern that this comes back to is, well, why are we industrializing schools you know what mm-hmm. like schools should be a place where you just learn and develop your thinking abilities and whether that applies to a job or not isn't necessarily the priority i mean that that might be you know one aspect but we shouldn't over you know you know over process our education just to to feed industry and capitalism and such uh, well, you know right. what would your common sort of reaction when that comes up yeah well i do think we need to hold our schools accountable for producing well-rounded students. And we are continuing to do that. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't favor an education system like Germany's where early on you're oriented into maybe an apprenticeship program that really only has one option at the end of it. Um, so 
that's the nice thing about this new approach to career pathways that's different than voced. Voced felt like a one way, you know, basically if you're not going to college, then you can pick a pathway that just orients you in one direction or one occupation only. Whereas these career pathways, they contextualize learning, they give you a relevance to it, but they're not making you make a commitment early on. Um, we do. I mean, I think we should be attentive to whether business is um, having too much influence in our schools, but I don't see that happening in the way career pathways are playing out here. There is, though, um, attention being paid to which types of career pathways we create. And um, basically, the school districts are trying to create pathways in areas where our economy, San Diego's economy, might be generating jobs in the future. And they've gotten guidance about that from the San Diego Workforce Partnership. And uh, speaking of that, and speaking of that idea of sort of giving students and teachers and their parents a, uh, you know, vision of what they might be facing when they get out of school, um, we have a discussion with uh, Peter Kallstrom, the director, the executive director of the Workforce Partnership in San Diego. And we went to talk to him about a new visualization project that they've put together. And this is, by the way, work of, of that Aaron Price fellow um, the alum uh, that we have in the office these days, Rachel Evans. So, Rachel. So, Peter, if you could please describe these poster boards that you and others have developed. Well, we created these poster boards uh, to take the research data that we have acquired over time, which is identifying the priority sectors in our San Diego County region, and we narrowed our priority sectors to the top five most in-demand, high-paying positions within our region, advanced manufacturing, clean energy, healthcare, information and communication technologies, and life sciences. Those are the five. So from the research that we completed, we then took that data and created essentially poster boards. So life-size poster boards that uh, combine the data or synthesize it so that it's digestible in an easy format for job seekers of all ages. It started in a conversation I had when I was up at uh, Qualcomm's Thinkabit a little over a year ago. We then put together as um, a model for the Thinkabit these these poster boards, which have a, a nice, easy visual appeal where we have a, a pie chart uh, on the left that shows the viewer, um, the students, uh, that if they stop at a certain point in their education, this is the likely income that they'll have within this sector. So right away, it's it's a motivation for them to go beyond uh, high school and even to college and, and post-baccalaureate degrees so it shows what their income potential will be. On the, on the right, we've got another section that shows the top five in-demand jobs and those income levels. Even if they don't understand what those job titles are or what it entails, it's a clear indication of the income potential if they go down that path, that career pathway in those sectors. And then at the bottom, we list out the knowledge, skills, and abilities. So some of the other technical or non-technical um, uh, qualities that are necessary in order to get these different positions. Beyond the five sectors, we also then created what we call the Essential Skills Board. So this is identifying those soft skills, if you will, the, the different um, concepts of teamwork and communication, follow-through, resiliency, and so forth that are what really help a person advance in whatever career they choose to be in. So not only these these six boards, then we converted them all into Spanish, so they're available for job seekers and students of um, 
a wide swath throughout our our county and it's been amazing the success the outreach of these boards because we started as a, a model with a think a bit lab which has seen over 7000 students in a couple of years alone but then uh, principals and superintendents and teachers who come through uh, the Think a Bit Lab wanted sets themselves. So we raised some more funds through uh, the city, uh, the county, as well as uh, private sector supporters like Manpower and Jerome's Furniture, who all um, provided funding so that we could then print boards for as many schools as as wish to have them. And so after just a year of having this project this project in place, we now uh, have printed well over 300 different sets of these boards, which then uh, adds up to close to 2,000 boards when you take it times six. And those boards are in middle schools, high schools, community colleges, the different funded partners that we work with, the Career Center Network, uh, and so many more. So we're thrilled at what's going on because we started as a way just to be able to take this re- rich research data that we have and get it in front of job seekers in a way that's really uh, simple and appealing and informative so they don't have to dive into a, a deep research report in order to understand what careers there are in our region and how to get them. So those uh, industry sectors that the Workforce Partnership has identified are helping districts and schools pick which kinds of pathways to develop. And they're getting supported in that work by the County Office of Education, by the United Way, um, Junior Achievement, the Workforce Partnership are involved in this, building out more and more career pathways in high schools across the region, uh, working together together. Trying, uh, doing their work to bring in industry partners so that the pathways can uh, integrate job shadows and internships and also to make sure that they're giving kids the skills they need if they want to continue in that industry. So it's great work and Rob Atterbury is um, working through Connect Ed to help United Way and the region with that work and so I'm excited that he was able to come in today and talk to us. Okay, we are joined in the Great Voice of San Diego podcast studio in downtown San Diego by Rob Atterbury. He's the director of district and regional support at Connect Ed. So, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I am welcome. Thank you. Uh, so, when um, uh, can you just describe what Connect Ed is, please? Sure. Uh, Connect Ed was started by the James Irvine Foundation about nine years ago um, to establish some proof points for uh, an initiative called Link Learning, mm-hmm. which is linking academic and career and technical education uh, together, linking industry partnerships together with schools, um, linking high schools to colleges, um, opportunities outside of the school walls with students. And um, we started, uh, as I said, about nine years ago, um, creating proof points and then started with a district initiative where we've been working with nine school districts in the state of California and now growing out across the country to help support superintendents, leadership teams, um, school leaders, principals and teachers actually create this linkage. What, what are proof points? Well, getting data uh, around the success of students, uh, the engagement of students, the number of students uh, transitioning from high school to colleges uh, prepared, um, and tracking um, uh, actual student achievement data around, uh, say, um, uh, D and F rates, um, uh, graduation rates, attendance rates. When you say you're linking them, what you're implying is that they're not linked. So you're saying that kids going from middle school to high school or high school to college and then college to jobs, that's not happening. 
by and large, it, for first of all, let me start at the high school level. Um, the traditional high school uh, for probably the last hundred years, teachers um, in math departments meet only with themselves. They never, rarely ever, you know, make contact with an English teacher or a science teacher. They stay pretty much within their department, except maybe in a faculty meeting. Um, Career and technical education teachers often stayed to themselves and uh, did their work um, separate from any other coursework. And so linking those two classroom teachers together to actually create projects that cut across discipline lines is, is one way of linking. Um, linking the expectations what, that colleges have um, back to the high school is something that rarely faculty had an opportunity with a, with a few exceptions, and I can explain those if you'd like, but uh, with very few exceptions, the, the expectations from colleges don't often get translated back to the high school in terms of specific curriculum expectations, the kinds of learning and, and uh, uh, student learning outcomes that are necessary to be successful in college. Now, of course, the University of California and the California State University system have a set of course expectations that students have to meet. They were called the A through G entrance requirements. But other than that, we don't have good, clear knowledge um, and have not linked the academic expectations between colleges and high schools very well over the, over the last 50 to 80 years. Of course, the Common Core is trying to do that. Yes. I mean, you know, the Common Core has been created by um, experts from all levels um, and to try to make sure that students are leaving high school with the um, application so that they'll retain the knowledge better. Um, yeah. Uh, and then another linkage is to the world of work. Absolutely. Um, you know, we often, um, career and technical education teachers had the opportunity to send students out into internships and job shadows and brought guest speakers in and had industry advisory boards. But that was for a select few students. Um, and often career and technical was reserved for those, quote, non-college bound students. You know, we've, we've perpetuated a sort of tracking system for for students and, and uh, what Link Learning and Connect Ed is supporting is to eliminate that tracking, to open up opportunities for students to see that cross connection and to have students, all students, have an opportunity to have an experience outside of the classroom in, with an industry partner or a community-based organization or working on client work or doing something that's meaningful and adult-like and relevant and applied. Um, and getting the experience to have another adult having a whole, you know, having expectations for them other than the teacher or their parent. And I feel like this is something that comes up a lot when I discuss education. Somebody else just, it, it's one of these sort of having your pocket insights that a lot of people have that, you know, may or may not reflect reality. And it always goes along some lines like, oh, I care about education and this is what I'm working on. They'll say something like, well, you know, what we really need to do is teach people how to, do actual jobs so that they, you know, vocational jobs, because not everybody's going to go to college. And it's the same, like three or four points they make along those ideas and being like, well, they should learn a skill in high school or in some sort of middle college type thing. And then that's, uh, that's all they'll need or whatever. And that that should be the focus of, of education now. And um, is, are we talking about that or what, what do we not understand uh, when, when that sort of thing comes up? 
Well, first of all, you know, I hear that argument a lot, you know, we should just go back and, you know, provide, you know, skill training, you know, we've got, we need, you know, electricians or, or we need carpenters or people to work on my car, uh, plumbers. Absolutely. We, we do. Um, but we need a set of skills, um, that cut across both academic and the career and technical lines so that students have uh, the ability to solve problems, be critical thinkers, um, uh, be creative, use their curiosity and imagination and develop and uh, be prepared for, for any job, any career, um, not just a specific occupation, which, you know, frankly could be gone tomorrow. We, we don't know. Um, so it's really broadening the, um, expectations and the learning outcomes so that it's not career specific. Mm. Although students could, could explore that. Um, I often say that, you know, when we bring, um, link learning brings an, uh, an industry theme to the equation, um, a broad theme, engineering design, health and medical sciences, um, law and uh, justice, um, social, social justice uh, was often a, a theme, um, digital media and design, broad themes, not specific occupation oriented, although there are a number of, you know, if you think about the health and biomedical fields, I mean, there's hundreds of, of actual jobs within that, but what that's the hook we're using that as the hook or the context for which to link learning. If students come out with a certification in a particular area, know how to do AutoCAD, for example, um, great, you're, you're prepared for a job. And wouldn't it be cool if when you went to San Diego State University's engineering program that you could be doing drawing conversions um, and making 15 to 18, maybe even $20 an hour versus working fast food or retail and making you know, minimum wage, whatever that is. <laughs> And how much of this is, is, is response to industry, though, too, saying, you know, we hear this all the time as well, that the, the kids graduating from high school or colleges in San Diego aren't ready to work in the jobs that are in San Diego now, or the, the, at least the high, you know, tech ones and stuff like that. You know, it is driven somewhat by industry. I mean, industry is, uh, unfortunately, uh, had to lower their expectations over the years. You know, just, just send me a student that can, can think and give me a day's work for a day's pay. I'll do the training. Um, but, I, but I need workers that are thoughtful and can write and read and, and do these things. That's wonderful. Um, what we've heard now as industry's gotten more involved is that it's it, it, there's a set of skills that are beyond just those simple things, but not occupation. I don't need a, you know, the employers say, well, I don't need somebody to run my widget 1000 machine because tomorrow the 2000 might show up. I need somebody that can think and problem solve and use the tools that we use here in this industry, the terminology to invent the next uh, process or, or use the next tool without, without hesitation. That, I really appreciate that idea, and it also leaves students with choices. But I will share that um, Grossmont Union High School District has a pathway that I know Rob knows about, Metal Masters, and um, NASCO is hiring a huge proportion of their graduating senior class, specifically because they have amazing welding skills that NASCO needs right away. Nothing wrong with that. The salaries that those those students are going to be getting are going to be extraordinary. What, what's your background? What, uh, you know, what brought you into this world? Were you involved as an educator? 
Well, yes, I, I came out of industry. I spent uh, um, 10 years in, in industry. Uh, my, my last job in industry was working uh, as a mechanic and service manager uh, for Firestone. Um, my got into this field uh, at Firestone at the time and dating myself a bit here, but uh, uh, this is prior to the problem that Firestone had with, uh, mm-hmm. with the Ford uh, Explorer tires. Um, but this was back into the mid seventies uh, and service regional service manager uh, came to me and, and uh, said, uh, a regional manager uh, asked me as a service manager, would I run a clinic for, for women? And um, we, we need to gain back market share. And so I put together an outline and, and the idea was just to teach um, women how to look at their tires and know when there was a problem and um, be able to spot fluid on the garage floor or in the parking lot to know, you know, red fluid means transmission or power steering and green fluid means coolant and white clear fluid uh, that doesn't have much heat to it is probably just condensation coming from your air conditioner on a human day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, after running the clinic or during the clinic, he came and watched me and he said, you should teach. Well, unfortunately, I, I'd come from a long range of educators. Uh, at least my dad was an educator. And I said, no way. Uh, yeah. That's not for me. Um, I, I enjoy what I do. I can make a lot more money at this. This is you know, where I should be. He said, yeah, you should really consider this. So I um, uh, got into, you know, I explored that uh, and opened up a brand new facility. Um, the uh, person who hired me said, listen, we, we need an industry professionals to bring the real relevant adult-like work into our schools. You're an ASC certified master technician. We want you to start a, a program. You have, you know, um, I've forgotten what the budget was, but, you know, um, uh, excessive budget. Buy what you need. We want it to run like a job shop, like a regular dealership would run. So um, that's how I started. And uh, uh, it was uh, quite fun. We ended up running a lot of clinics for other teachers because I knew all these um, vendors and, and professionals from the industry that I worked with. And we ran clinics on suspension and brakes and the latest in you know, emissions and engine diagnostics. And uh, one thing led to another. And I got into the central office uh, to lead other teachers uh, through this work. At the San Diego Unified. San Diego Unified, Kearney High School. Mm. Um, uh, I'll tell you one quick story, if I may. Um, it kind of has really, um, my passion around this is to make curriculum relevant to students mm-hmm. and uh, to teach a set of skills that is way beyond, uh, um, you know, the just the simple, you know, tune up your car and, and, and please a customer. And uh, I'll reflect on one experience that I had where a student came to me, and this is uh, prior to the electronic grade systems that schools use now. Student, I had the student period two of the school day, period one, he had mathematics, algebra, algebra one. And he brought his grade report to me, and it had a F with, with attitude, big, bold F next to his name and next to his course, this algebra class. And I said to this young student, I said, Jimmy, uh, this is going to look really bad because I'm going to give you an A with attitude. (laughs) And I said, it's going to look like I have lower standards for you. But I said, Jimmy, I don't know what's going on in your algebra class, but you, you know how to do this and you know algebra. And he said, well, I I just doesn't make sense in period one. I don't, I don't get it. And I said, bring me your notebook. 
and I was teaching an engine repair class. It was part of the ASC certification for, for engine, engine overhaul. Mm -hmm. And in that um, program, we had students blueprint an engine. Now, I'm going to give you a liberal definition of that, but it's basically making sure that every specification is dialed into a, to a hundredth, hundredth of a thousandth of an inch. And that Jimmy was working on an engine where he wanted to get maximum volumetric efficiency and the most horsepower out of a small block Chevrolet engine, which was a fairly popular engine. Still, we still have roots of that today in our larger Yukon and Suburbans. And, and uh, he was working on a small block Chevrolet. And uh, he had calculated the valve train overlap, the duration of the cam, the lift of the lobe of the cam that would hold the exhaust valve open for a certain period of time and to a certain height and the intake valve. And he had come up with his own custom camshaft alignment and gotten a, a company to actually grind the camshaft to his specifications. And he had dialed all this up. Now he was using pre-calculus skills, trigonometry skills to figure this and calculate it. And through that experience, he had documented everything in his notebook, every specification. So I borrowed his notebook. I walked over to his math teacher at lunch and I said, I put it in front of him and I said, you gave Jimmy an, atti an F with attitude. I said, look, look at his book. The teacher refused to admit that it was Jimmy's work. I said, before you go back or come in tomorrow for first period, I want you to grab the manual out of your car. I want you to hand it to Jimmy and have him calculate the displacement of your engine and the cubic inches, uh, and then also convert that over to cubic centimeters and to give you um, how he might modify your engine to get more out of it. Mm -hmm. Jimmy came back with a huge smile the next day, period two, walked in and uh, he said, I don't know what you did with my notebook, but my F was changed to a C. <laughs> wow. And I thought, you know, we have a hook. We can use a hook. Now, is Jimmy a mechanic today? I don't know. I've lost track of him. Not sure if he is. Did he do good work? Absolutely. Could he have been a mechanic? Absolutely. But what he really learned was the skills of problem solving and being creative and, and using his curiosity and imagination to get the maximum volumetric efficiency out of a small block Chevy. So the concept of the career pathway is sort of the central driving thing, aside from getting um, kids ready for both college and career, is relevance. It's it's providing, a con as you said, a context for learning. Um, and a lot of students really need that, my son being one of them. He complains to me all the time. I can tell this doesn't matter. I can tell I'm never going to use this again. He's wrong some of the time when he says that, and he's right some of the time when he says that. Um, so I see the work that you're doing is fomenting a revolution in high school and trying to bring that relevance to as many classrooms, as many kids um, as you can. How do you see that playing out here in our community? Well, first of all, it's, it, you know, it's almost like to makes too much common sense sometimes for some people to understand. Um, you know, we often educators come from an academic background. They, they, they learned a certain way. They were successful in school and, it's hard to convert folks uh, into a belief of, you know, if we bring relevance to the equation and actually marry academic and career technical. And remember, career technical has been, in this country, has been sort of relegated to, well, that's for the non-college bound student. 
And and parents parents often say, well, you know, if you asked an incoming um, student and her, their parent into the ninth grade as they transition from middle school to high school, what do you what do you see yourself doing? You know, what what's after high school? Oh, college. Great. Why? Well, because it's it's important. It's what's next? It's what's 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 next? It's what's next. I don't disagree with that, but go with a reason. Go with a why do you need to go there, and let's and so that's where high school. Well, let need me to ask go. you, but let me ask you about this. See, I didn't find myself until I was in college, mm-hmm. and it it took like a very liberal, diverse sort of opportunity landscape that allowed me to like kind of find that you know this stuff media. You know, I guess what worries me about career pathways and stuff like that is that you know you're kind of setting people in motion on something you know, that, that may not be uh, particularly right over time. And that, that the one thing that's good about college, and there's a lot wrong with college right now, is that it's kind of an open book and you can, you can figure out from there where you want to go. Well, and what we want to do is create that open book in high school too. Yeah. And that's, you know, unfortunately the way schools have been, you know, we're sort of been in this sort of factory industrial model for so many years that we put students on a track and we say, well, this work work for you know uh, Sarah. It should work for Juan, and it should work for for Peter. Um, well, it, it doesn't. You know, what we want to do is have students explore these things while still in high school, so that. And remember, uh, it, the occupation here, the industry um, sector, if we want to call it that, or the occupational area, you know, health, uh, engineering, is really to set a context. It isn't necessarily an outcome. It's just a, if a student likes to draw and is engaged and is excited about drawing, then let's use drawing to hook you to the rest of your content and mm-hmm. subjects so that – and you may decide at the end of high school, I, I, don't, I don't like the look of blood or I don't want to be in a hospital setting or I don't like even like the smells of it. Um, that's great. We just saved you, your, you and your parents um, uh, a lot of time and money and, and frustration of pet pursuing something in college that, that at least you could have sorted it out. Well, Rob Atterbury, uh, director of the um, Connect Ed, the district and regional sport in San Diego. I can't thank you enough for coming. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. I think those kinds of stories, like the ones he told about his student, are, are really probably the a big part of the compensation that educators get, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, no doubt. You know, like you have to, you probably have to have a certain number of those, just like a vacation days or whatever, to get you through that job, right? <laughs> yeah, I I hope all educators are having that kind of impact on students and have stories like that to tell. Um, but for sure, that's that's a big motivator. Well, if you are uh, listening on this podcast, please, and you just downloaded it once or you came across it on the website, go to iTunes and subscribe or go to Stitcher on your uh, on your Android device. It's an app uh, called Stitcher that you can use to subscribe. Um, if you're on iTunes, subscribe and consider, if you appreciate this work, uh, consider um, providing a review of it. Uh, a positive one would be great. And uh, that also helps us uh, make, get some traction and some eyeballs and some earlobes and or you know lobes no no not the lobes lobes. your drums okay yeah (laughs) lobe isn't going to do us no uh -uh. Uh, so uh, consider signing up that really helps us a lot and if you appreciate the work that Voice San Diego does or the Education Synergy Alliance uh, please consider uh, financial support at uh, voiceofsandiego.org slash donate and yours is sdedsynergy.org 
And on behalf of uh, Laura and the Education Synergy Alliance and Voice San Diego, thanks for listening to another edition of Good Schools for All.